This week's parasha is Achrei Mois Kedoshim. Achrei Mois, after the deaths, and it opens up by recalling for all of us that after the deaths of Aaron's two children, remember Moshe had a brother Aaron who was the high priest, and he had two children, Nodam and Avihu. And this story really occurred earlier in the Chumash, and now it brings it up again, it just mentions they died, and then Hashem gave, and what we find now in the parish, if you look at it, is the entire story of our high holiday Yom Kippur service. What the Kohen does, how it looks, what are the sacrifices, but it all follows an introduction, and the introduction is after the death of Aaron's two children. So the Nesiva Shalom has a number of confusions and questions that he asks, and he's going to take us somewhere that is truly remarkable and insightful for us, always in particular in the situation we find ourselves in now. What is the story, the background to Nadav and Aviyu. So if you recall, the Jews were in the desert and they got an unbelievable commandment which was that they can build a sanctuary, a tabernacle, a mishkan, a house for Hashem. Unbelievable. And they go about doing that and then they get ready to inaugurate it. And there's a process where they inaugurate it seven days and then they're on their eighth day which is the final day where it's finally established And there's such celebration, it's such an unreal occasion. And on that day, Aaron's two sons, Nadim and Aviyu, they go, and I'm going to tell you the way it is according to most commentaries, they go and they take incense, and they go into the Holy of Holies, and they bring the incense. Now we're familiar with that, but we're familiar that that process is done only once a year. On Yom Kippur. They were before that commandment was ever given. That commandment takes place in our parsha, and it says only after they died, Hashem gave that specific warning, only do it on Yom Kippur. But they thought that there was the initial inauguration of the Mishkan, the house of Hashem. Let's take the incense, let's go in. And they went and they brought it, and the fire went into their body, consumed them, and they passed away. And that was the tragic death of Nadav and Aviyu. And there's many, many comments, what exactly did they do wrong? They went into the Holy of Holies, the fire, the incense they brought, was not asked for by Hashem, it wasn't commanded, it was what we call a strange fire, that's the way it's described in the Torah, It was a strange fire. It didn't belong there. It wasn't commanded and they had no permission to go into the Holy of Holies. That's some of the comments that are made on what they did wrong. What we find puzzling and what the Nesim Shalom points out is that this is not so simple because if you look at the conversation that Moshe and Aaron had right after his two children pass away, Moshe says to Aaron, I knew this was going to happen. I knew something like this was going to happen. Really? You knew something like this? Yes, he says. Because Hashem says that I get sanctified through the sacrifice of my holy ones and that on such a day, a day of the inauguration of the house of Hashem, there certainly would need to be the death of a holy person 
in order to bring some level of sanctity to what's going on, and I don't know exactly how that goes, but there's some real tremendous holiness that occurs when a great person passes away. And that Moshe says to Aaron, I knew it needed to happen today. However, I thought, he says, to look at Rashi right there, I thought, he says, it was going to be either you or me. I thought it was going to be either Aaron or me, Moshe. Now I see that your children are greater than us. Wow, what a statement. Definitely a comfort. But let's do the math. They're greater than Moshe and Aaron. That means they're the greatest people of the generation, his two children, Nadav and Aviyu. So what was going on? What did their, what was their error? They went into the Holy of Holies when they weren't supposed to? They brought a fire that wasn't commanded? How could people of such stature do something wrong? How do we reconcile all this? And ultimately, what's it telling all of us? What the Nesib Shalom is going to point out to us has extreme relevance to us as obviously people, our perspective on life and Judaism particularly where we find ourselves now, it's going to help our appreciation for what we don't have, help us yearn for it, and as well as appreciate what we still have, even in our current predicament. But I'm going to start with the warning that the Nesiva Shalom gives in his Sefer. Before he starts this piece, he says, I want to start by saying, I'm not coming to really explain the people, Nadav and Aviu because we can't really comprehend such giants. I'm not here to be critical and say what they did wrong, because we cannot even wrap our minds around the greatness of these individuals. However, he says, the Torah is given to teach us a lesson, and so I'm going to say the lesson we learn from their story, but not that we're actually attempting to truly define these giants, these angels among men. And that's an important warning always that we do not project our smallness as human beings on the great leaders that we see in our Torah. They are tremendous. We'll never fully grasp what happened there. It's always a nuance of a nuance. Yet at the same time, it's trying to teach us a lesson. So what we're really understanding is what's the lesson for us? And I'm going to tell you something that is unreal. I'm going to read you a few lines you read it with me. I wish I could have produced source sheets. My time is very rationed these days, as you can imagine. I, I don't have the time to make source sheets anymore. But I'm going to read it with you, and you can listen along, and we'll read it just a little bit. I'll try and make it very clear. Says the Nesiva Shalom, Yes, they were giants among men. They were greater than Moshe and Aaron. That's exactly right. But that was also... What went wrong? How so? He says, Because they were on such a lofty level. Beyond anything. They could not relate and connect to anybody else. You hear what I'm saying? Listen to what I'm saying. Because they were so great, they couldn't connect 
and bond themselves with the rest of the Jewish people. But who cares? If you're the greatest, you're the greatest, right? If you're the greatest, you're the greatest. You're, you're not even of you, so you couldn't connect to Shuki Nisan. Congratulations, you saved yourself some dead weight, right? You don't have to schlep me around. Good for you. Good move. If I could get rid of me, I would also get rid of me. Right? What's the problem? So they didn't have to connect it to me. They didn't have to connect to all the regular people. That's a problem? Listen to this. We have to open our hearts to understand this. Listen to what he says. That's why it was a fire, an incense that was forbidden and not asked for by Hashem. Hashem did not ask for it. Why? Really, it made sense what they were doing. To bring incense, to connect to Hashem on that great day, everything they were doing made sense. They were great people. They knew what they were doing. But in their greatness, they left the Jews behind. And therefore, says the Nesiva Shalom, listen to this. Hashem didn't want it. Ki avoidas Hashem harnirtsis. Because the worship of Hashem, the service of God, that Hashem likes, He rak al Yisrael. It's only when it's done in connection to the Jewish people. With the entire Jewish people. And He says they needed to have given, brought that fire on behalf of all the Jews. That's what they needed to do. They needed to have gone in and said, Hashem, we're here on behalf of everyone. And we want to connect everyone to you with this fire. And we're not here because we believe we have a right to stand in the Holy of Holies and bring you incense and connect to you. No, we're great. But really, at the same time, we're nothing without the entire Jewish people. And therefore, we're here on behalf of everyone. You hear that? The problem was, they were so great that they left us regular folk behind. Says the Nesiva Shalom, if you leave the simple Jews behind, if you leave the plain old folk behind, you really don't have anything. Because, and I'll read you these words, powerful words. She'ein hayochid misugol, because an individual is not able, Hashem, to actually do the ultimate will of Hashem. An individual can never get it really right. An individual can't bring everything he needs to in his connection with Hashem. Rock. It's only when we're all together. It's only as a unit that we really have the ability to be everything that Hashem wants us to be. The greatest of the greats, ultimately, are only great if they have the Jews in their corner. Unbelievable statement. Says this is what Hashem said when He told Aaron, that you come and do the service in the Beis HaMikdash, in the temple, mitoich b'nei Yisrael, from among the Jews. What does that mean? 
You have to do it when you're part of the Jews. You can't be separate from the Jews. The only real greatness that we have is as a unit called the Jewish people. It's an awesome concept. You're saying that the giants of the world, the greatest among the Jews, really their only ability and power to connect with Hashem, their ability to walk into the temple and do a divine service, their ability to be all that they can be, really comes from the fact, not that they are great, but that they are leaders of the entire Jewish people. It's when we are all in this together, it's when we are all joined in our reaching upwards towards Hashem, that Hashem really, really finds that what we're doing is complete in His eyes and beautiful in His eyes. And it, as soon as the individual parts from that and becomes alone, even if they're great, they no longer have the great might of the Jews in their corner. What Jews? The simple Jews, the regular Jews, the good, bad, and ugly, everything in between. It's all of us together. It's all of us together that creates the entire unit. Then this, the, the, the Chidush Arim says this, that by the Nesim, if you remember, by that same inauguration, the Nesim brought their gifts last. And it says that Hashem took away the Yud from their name the next time it's written. And the Chidush Arim says, Yes, they were missing the Yud, the essential part of Judaism. What was it? He says, they brought the best gift. They brought the stones that were worth the most expensive gift. And they were great. They were the leaders of the Jews. He says, but they forgot one thing. Listen to this line. They forgot one thing. They forgot that that Hashem says, I dwell among the entire Jewish people. I'm among them all. It has to be all. It's all or nothing. I'm with my nation. I'm not with any individual. I'm with all of you. But if you forget that, you're missing the main point. And these are the words. This is the words of the Chidush Arim. He says, this is the main thing that the leaders of the Jews need to know. The main thing that even the greatest among us need to know is that everything we are is only when we are joined together, when we feel that we're doing it for all the Jews, with all the Jews, and on behalf of all the Jews. It says in the Siva Shalom, if you look now back, at what Nadav and Aviyu did, you'll see that it's actually written there. It says, "Bikervasam lifnei Hashem." They did something wrong when they came close to Hashem. They came, only them. They left everyone else behind. Again, we can't dare to understand Nadav and Aviyu, but the lesson that it's saying is, if you only went yourself to Hashem and you didn't come with all the Jews together and on behalf of everyone, then you didn't have the complete picture that really enables you to connect to Hashem. Unbelievable. And what this tells me is two things. Two things that we have to remember. 
We belong together. We don't work when we're apart. We must be one. As a unit and as a bonded group, that's when we reach our heights. That's when we could go into the Holy of Holies. But not if we think that we're alone. Not if we only care about ourselves. Not if we think that individually we are worth it. No, it's as a group, as a beautiful entire nation, with everyone. That's when we're beautiful. That's when we're complete. And so I say, firstly, we're all stuck in our separate places. We're all little Zoom boxes on the screen. We need to remember and daven and yearn that no, the Jewish people are meant to be together. And it hurts us. It hurts us to be divided in any amount, in any way. The closer that we could join, the better for us. Because we know that it's only as one that we could truly be what Hashem wants us to be the group of his children that could produce the beautiful service and worship of him that we're all striving to. So it's our yearning. It's is relevant to remember. Even if we're great, even if we're having high moments, even if we find that we ourselves are staying connected, ultimately though, we miss each other because we need each other. We're not complete without all of us together. But the second component is, look at that. Little old me, huh? Nadav and Aviu, the greatest of the great, were not allowed because they were missing little old me. I didn't realize I mattered. I didn't realize that my contribution was actually what was propelling the great to be great. That without me, the great aren't. That the fuel behind the Jewish people is the Jewish people themselves. You and me. Every one of us listening right now. Without us, there's no Jewish people. Without us, not only is there no Jewish people, there are no great people among the Jews. Because the great people among the Jews are only empowered by the fact that they are connected to all of us. That they are our leaders. Like the Chidush Arim said, the leaders are only granted that greatness when they're with the Jewish people because Hashem said, I dwell among my nation. Where is my nation? Where is my nation? Without the nation, there's nothing. And you and I, we are the nation. We're the people that make this whole thing tick. You're sitting at home, every one of us, we feel so apart. This is the flip side. We're deeply connected. Because if we weren't, we wouldn't be, then there would be no holiness. The only reason why the world still operates, why we're still able to tap into Greatness, holiness, Torah, all of that still operates because we as a nation are still linked. And together, we are greater than the sum of our parts. I'm going to tell you something staggering right now. 
tell you something unbelievable that the Nesiva Shalom says. He quotes a Tverish Shlomo. Okay? He says, now we understand the connection. When we realize what happened with Nadav and Aviyah, we realize why our Parsha says, remember what happened after the death of his two sons, and then it says, now let me tell you about the Yom Kippur service. Let me tell you how you need to go in. You can't go in whatever you want. You can only go in on Yom Kippur. And it describes the whole thing. And he says, you know why? Because you could be the Kohen Gadol, you could be the high priest. But if the Jew, and you could be the holiest guy in the world. And you say, so let me go into the Holy of Holies. But if the Jewish people are not ready to go into the Holy of Holies, if the Jewish people are not ready to support you going in spiritually, you'll get spat right out. You can't go in. What day are the Jewish people at their holiest? Yom Kippur. So says the Hashem, tell the Kayhanim, you can't go into the Holy of Holies whenever you want because it's not about you, it's about the nation. The nation will spiritually be able to support you going in on Yom Kippur because that's the day they get forgiveness and they get purified. When the nation is holy, then you, Aaron, can be holy and go into the Holy of Holies. But without that, you can't. Without, without the little old Shuki, Moshe, David, Shlomo, Sarah, Rivka, Bob, Fred, it doesn't matter. Without those guys, without every one of us, there's no Yom Kippur. There's no Holy of Holies. No, but with us, he can go in. But now listen to what the Nesiv Shalom says. Oh, this is not to be believed. Listen to what I'm telling you. He says that Tzver Shlomo says, look at the parsha. There's a Pasek. It describes how the Kayin Gadol would go into the Holy of Holies. And where was everyone else? The Pasek says, The other Kayhanim, the other priests, and the regular, the rest of the nation, They were standing in the Azara, the other section of the Temple of the Beis HaMikdash. The Tzver says, No, don't read it that they were standing Azara in the section called Azara. No, Azara is a Hebrew word. you know what it means? Helping. That they would stand by. That here the Kayin was going into the Holy of Holies and the other Kayanim and the rest of the Jewish people were standing by Azara, helping and assisting him. This is what it says. It says they were assisting him. What were they doing? They were doing, is they were davening on behalf of the Kayin that his service should be successful and accepted by Hashem. You hear that? That here you have the Kayin going into the Holy of Holies and I'm standing on the side and the Pesach says, Oh, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Nisan's here. He can help the Kayin. I can help the Kayin. Yeah, the Kayin's going to go into the holiest place in the world to do the holiest thing on the holiest day of the year and he's the holiest person. But he needs help from you. From me? From me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stand right here and Davin that he should be successful. 
Davin that Hashem should accept his prayers. Ah, now you helped him. Thank you. Thank me? Yes, thank me because I helped him. That's what the Nesiv Shalom says. You find the Gemara says when the Koyen would finish his service on Yom Kippur, it says he would make a big meal le'oyavav for all of those that he loves, those who are beloved to him, those who have that connection of affinity to him, those who are close to him. What does that mean they love him? It sounds like maybe it's just his family. Nesiv Shalom says no. It's those people who stood with love side by side with him through Yom Kippur and helped make it happen. Who was that? The regular everybody's. Everybody else is what made it happen. They davened and that made his davening work. They davened and that made his amazing worship work. Now I'm going to tell you what he writes here. I've never seen this before. He quotes, he quotes a sefer that I've never heard before called Bris Menucha. Bris Menucha. I'm going to tell you what this Bris Menucha is because I was shocked. I saw it quoted and I looked it up. And what he says is something amazing, but I want you to have confidence in what he says. So I'm going to tell you I looked up who the Bris Menucha is. It says, listen to this, the Ramak and the Arizal, two of our giants beyond giants in Kabbalah, both said about this Sefer, the Bris Menucha, that it is clear that he was taught from an angel or Elioah Navi Elijah the prophet because the things that are written in his Sefer are absolute truths and they come from beyond the comprehension of man. They were revealed to him from heaven. Okay? This is who the Bris Menucha is that I'm about to quote to you. Something that happened on Yom Kippur. But know that this is a truth that was revealed to him from heaven. Okay? And then Hesiv Shalom says this. Listen to this. He says that you don't realize. You and I do not realize how great and how much we were part of the Yom Kippur service, the holiest connection and worship to Hashem that was done the whole year. You and I sitting at home, we think we are nobodies. When are we going to wake up and realize who we are? When are we going to wake up and realize that it does matter what we do more than we can ever realize? That whether we, after this class, go and do something with our life, or go and make a bracha with concentration, or go and daven, or go do any of the mitzvahs that we have, or go study some Torah, or improve our character, all these little things that doesn't really matter, I'm all alone in my house, who really cares, who am I anyways? I don't give any classes, nobody's looking at me, go look at the greats of the Jews, that's who it matters, what they do. So then listen to this, Listen to this so that we know and we remember how wrong we are. The Koyen went in to the Holy of Holies, it says. Okay? The holiest man went into the holiest place on the holiest day of the year. And it says in the Sefer Bris Menucha that on the Oron, on the Ark, was God's holy name. Okay, remember 
This is coming from the bris menucha. This was revealed to him from heaven. The Ramak and Arizal, stamp of approval. On the ark was written God's holy name. And he would come in. And if he would see that God's name, the letters of the name were shining, then he knew that things were going well for the Jews. We were doing all right. The day was going according to plan. He said, but if the letters were read, then that meant to him that there was a terrible decree hanging over the Jewish people. I want to ask you a question before I go on. The greatest man of our people went into the holiest place on the holiest day of the year and he sees that there's a problem. What do you think he should do? He should have it, right? You're in the Holy of Holies. Do you get closer to God than that? My dear friend, pray like you've never prayed before. Get rid of the decree. That's not what he did. He had a thread, a rope, that went out to the people. And when he would see the letters are read, he would tug on it. And listen to what it says, the Brismanucha says. He would shake that rope. And, and therefore, those standing outside, who? The Bobs, the Freds, the Rachels, the us. Us standing outside would see the thread shaking. He says, and they would understand. That there's a terrible danger going on. It's a, it's a very horrible time. We need help. And therefore, everyone not in the Holy of Holies, everyone outside would begin to daven, and they would scream out to Hashem, Hashem Alekei Yisrael, God of the Jews, retreat from your anger on us, have mercy. And they would daven out there, out the people of the us. I can't believe what I'm reading. The Koyen would signal, we need help. Call in the backup. Call in the support. Who's the Kayin Gadol's support group in the Holy of Holies? His support group is us, the nation of the Jews outside. The plain old guys. The holy entire nation of the Jews. And he would pull on a rope signaling, help! Begin to daven everybody! And everyone would begin to daven! And it says until he would see the letters start to shine again. And that told him that the prayers of the people had worked. And then he would shake the bells that would signal to everybody that thank God, Baruch Hashem, we had saved ourselves and our nation. I don't know. That blows me away. That blows me away to understand that the people who came in to support the Kayin and to daven to change the decrees for the Jewish people was not the Kayin in the Holy of Holies. It was us. And where we are now, this struck such a chord with me. We're, we're in a difficult time. Everyone knows that. 
And we're asked to daven. We're asked to daven. And I think that we certainly have moments of inspiration, but sometimes we feel, really, is my little Tehillim going to help? Is me getting up and contributing my little prayer saying, Hashem, please, we want you to have mercy on us already. We don't like this anymore. Is that really contributing? There are so many thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people davening. There are so many people who are greater than me. There are so many people who have such a a better resume than I have. Let them daven. We have the leaders of the Jewish people. They're so holy. We can't even fathom how holy they are. And that's true. Let them daven. We have people who could go to the Kaisel in Eretz Yisrael and Davin, the holiest place we still have. Let them Davin, me in my dining room in Memphis or wherever I am, little old me, I should toss up a prayer for what and for who? But what this is telling us is we would be the people on the other side of the rope. Their leaders may be davening. People may be by the kaisel. But they're still pulling on the rope saying, we need everybody. We need backup. We need the true greatness that we have and that's only with all of us. No one person, no one place, not even the kayin and the holy of holies can do it. Our real ability to connect with Hashem is as one entire nation. If we don't daven in our dining room, then we do not have a complete prayer from the Jewish people. Unbelievable. We, we are that great. We are part of something so tremendous. And specifically our davening, our prayers, they intertwine with each other. They produce something tremendous when they're all unified, done by all of us more than anybody could create on their own. More than even the Kayin Gadol in the Kodesh HaKadoshim on Yom Kippur. He called us. He called us when he needs backup. I think there's something very important that comes clear when you're in quarantine and away from everybody else. And one of the things that becomes clear is you can't be distracted by other people or by institutions, groups, show, minion, community. You're sort of just looking at yourself in the mirror. You see 
who you are and you know all of your limitations. What that enables me to do, what I find insightful about that is when you start to factor in what the Nesiva Shalom is telling us here, when we recognize that there's an idea of us as a unit, sometimes you don't see the benefit of that because you've stopped looking at yourself for too long. But when you get a little bit of quarantine, you get a little bit of time, and you start to do things on your own, and you realize in how many areas they fall short, or how limited you really are at doing this fully, or with all the aspects that can be done, sometimes you can find yourself calling for a lifeline, can't somebody bail me out of here? I can't do this very well. Is anybody able to assist me? But what we can remember, and I think what we need to remember, is that we are not alone. We are not alone. Yes, appreciate your limitation. And you know what that should drive us to do? To say, wow, if I don't have the Jewish people with me, I'm not all that that much. But what if I join myself with everybody? What if when I step forward to Davin, the Nesiva Shalom says that many, many have a prayer, a tefillah that they say before they do many, many mitzvahs. And that prayer goes as follows. Hashem, I'm doing this on behalf of all the Jews. That they join themselves with the entire Jewish people. And what that really does for every one of us is it gives us the ability to realize all the little people matter tremendously. But we ourselves, we matter to somebody else. But then also when we look at our limitations, we know, phew, Baruch Hashem, we have somebody else to fill in. Let's connect with them spiritually and emotionally, when we do what we do, to realize that together we produce a whole picture. And I say that this produces a yearning because we don't have minion. We're not able to daven together. And so we're missing a certain dimension of that togetherness. Because my grandfather used to say, minion is not ten people davening alone. It's not ten people davening alone together. It's ten people davening together. That when we join together in a minion physically, we are also producing a sum that's greater, a result that's greater than the sum of our parts. But even if we can't physically be together, there's still this idea of doing it for the Jews and with the Jews. That I may fall short but there's a Jew down the block or across the world that's adding their part and me and them together, now we're in business. And that's the greatness of us as individuals when we're together. Every one of us essential as long as we stay connected. As long as our spirituality is linked, which of course it is automatically. 
And we can emphasize that in the way we go about doing our mitzvahs. I want to tell you what the Peliyayat says, and this is unbelievable. This is both a comfort to know about our own davening, but also to realize the idea and the might of the idea of combining parts all together. Because what we're reading here is that the lifeblood of everything is our spiritual combination. And not just that, but our davening rides on that. Listen to what the Peleoyed says. The Peleoyed writes, this is an incredible line. Okay? He tells a story. I'll tell you two pieces from the Peleoyed. He tells a story. He says there was this, there were these great people who got together and they decided they're going to dive into Hashem a certain series of prayers which they were going to do on their unbelievable letter with their tr- level with their tremendous concentration. And the Peleoids described how they did it. And they, they did this unbelievable prayer. And it was revealed to them from heaven. That's what he writes. That you guys did unbelievable. Except for one horrible flaw. You were missing humility. And because you were missing humility, this is severely wrong and you should really be punished. Now listen to what they said. But then they said, but for the fact that among all of you there was one of you one of you had the right humility and that's going to save the rest of you. You hear that? That every one of us comes to every mitzvah and everything we do and every tefillah that we daven with our own unique set of emotions, capabilities, struggles and we do it and we should know that when you do that you are the only one to do it that unique way. Ever. And that is a piece of the puzzle that's missing for the rest of us. And when you show up and contribute that, it's like the story of the Peleoids. Oh, it's so beautiful, but it's missing a piece. And then all of a sudden, someone gets up from left field and says, wait, that piece I put into the pot. Oh, the Jewish people say, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem for Bob in Missouri. Baruch Hashem. Bob threw in the peace that the Jews needed for the entire puzzle, for the entire thing to come alive. Every one of us has that part that we put into the pot. And when they all come together, that's when Hashem says, that's what I was looking for. That's the total picture. And it's not that there aren't flaws and shortcomings. None of us are perfect. We all have huge gaps. But it's the other one of us, linked arm in arm, that fills in that gap. Oh, how what an appreciation we need to have for each other. What a love. We need to miss each other. We miss each other. And then we need to also realize, but we are together. Every mitzvah we do. Let's do it together. When we're filling the world with spirituality and connection to Hashem, we're doing, let's do it together so that it's full. Yes, we all have gaps, but we all also are contributing something unique. 
Listen to what the Peleoid says by davening. I'm telling you, this is amazing comfort, okay, for every one of us. You may have found as you get up to daven that uh, you can't concentrate worth a wit. Maybe that's just me. Maybe the rest of you are acing it. But it can happen sometimes that you get up to daven or do a mitzvah and you find that you could concentrate for one minute, two minutes on this bracha, that blessing, but a lot of them are scattered and don't don't produce the results you may have anticipated or spoken about in your class so eloquently. Yeah, that could happen. So, listen to what the, 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 the Peleoyot says. The Peleoyot writes, he says, of course, we're all drunk. Life is beats us down. We can't see clearly. We're, it's true, he says. But we all have to fight to concentrate when and where we can in our davening. We all have to push for something. And then he says this, unbelievable. He says, our mikubolim tell us. Okay? Those masters of Kabbalah tell us that if a person concentrates one day on one bracha and then on a different day he manages to concentrate on a different bracha, a different blessing in davening. Each day a little piece a little part. No, no day does he ever get up and say, wow, that was a good one. No, every day he goes, oy vey, I only got two minutes out of the whole thing. He says, the, the masters of Kabbalah, the Mukabalim tell us that Hashem in His great mercy takes the bracha from your Sunday and your bracha from your Monday and your two minutes from your Tuesday. Each day, He takes all the little pieces and he combines them to be one beautiful prayer, davening tefillah. He combines it for you. You hear that? He says, and then he makes a crown for you that he puts on your head when you come up to the next world. That Hashem is weaving together the pieces to make something whole. That when we throw in our two cents, our little bit, we need to know that that is mightier than we can imagine. And that that is what gives life to the entire Jewish people and to ourselves because Hashem weaves it together. And Hashem weaves it together for us as individuals. And I'm sure the same can be said each day. When we get up to do a mitzvah today, we'll, we'll get it right in one way. But we'll be missing a lot. When we daven today, we'll get one bracha. But you know what? Baruch Hashem. Look at the screen. There's other people here. They'll contribute the other brachas. We do all we can. And then we know that Hashem will weave it together with the other people to produce the crown that we can all wear. And really the crown that we're able to put, so to speak, on Hashem. It's a combination that comes from all of us together. So we miss each other, but we have each other. The greats are great. But they need us where they're back up. If we don't get up and do something, there is nothing. You understand that? If we don't do something, if we don't get up and do our piece, there is nothing great in the world. Because the greatness is only from all of us, the Jewish people. I dwell with my people. Where are my people? Where are the mitzvahs? 
that come out of the plain old houses and the great houses. Let them combine and produce the crown that they're meant to be. And when it comes to davening, every one of us needs to know this. That davening is real and it works. And our little piece of davening, our little piece is exactly what is necessary to produce it. Hashem is a Shemeat Hashem is really listening to the Tvilas. And our, all of our davening actually makes a huge difference. A lot of us start to feel, really, does it add too much? What if I don't know how to daven so much? Your peace, your peace. In fact, the Gemara says that remember we just had the Mitzayra, the person who had, we'll call it leprosy, it's not really leprosy. On their way into quarantine, they call out, Tame, Tame, I'm impure, I'm impure. Why? So you know what the Gemara says? So that everyone should hear and daven for them. You hear that? Here he has the Kayin helping him. He's seeking the guidance of the greatest of the people. And he himself presumably is working on himself. He's just gotten the terrible news that he has Tzaraz. He should call out. He should call out. I'm impure, I'm impure. So that everyone can daven. Pull the rope. Let the people stand Ba'azara to help him. Because together we can help each other. We can daven for each other. Our tefillahs work. Hashem is listening. Everybody daven. It can change. And the Gemara actually says that really anytime something bad happens to a person, they should let people know so that people can daven. Because the might of our prayer together is beyond what we fathom. We don't realize how Hashem is taking our cute little, somewhat good, somewhat not so good davening and putting it together with the other one and together creating something beautiful. That the pieces of the puzzle are us. And without us, there is no holy of holies. And there is no greatness. And Hashem is offering this for us in all of our tefillahs. And I want to tell you something stunning and how much Hashem is working for us and with us to combine and make our little pieces work. And it really is to help us recognize very relevant now as tefillah is so much a part of all of us and our day and what we use to ask Hashem to change this to recognize how much Hashem loves our davening and how much Hashem is listening to our davening and bending over backwards to take those pieces that we feel are insignificant and Hashem views them as so significant and He puts them together to make something beautiful. And the Peliyot has another Sefer, another Sefer written on tefillah. Little prayers to say different occasions. But He starts His Sefer with a parable. And he says, what are we doing? We're going to daven? We're so bad at davening. We're so bad at concentrating. We're so bad at really beseeching Hashem for help. What are we doing? We're so bad at singing Hashem's praises. We're so low. We're so small compared to the way it was. Do we really stand a shot at doing something significant? And listen to what he says. He says, a mashal, a parable. That there was a king. And the king 
was the greatest chef in the world. And so they decided that in honor of the king's birthday, everyone would come and try and cook the best dishes for the king. And so the greatest of the greatest chefs of the world came. And every one of them produced something exquisite and beautiful and tasty for the king. But one simple person came and he really, really wanted to give the king something on his birthday. But he didn't know how to cook. He didn't know how to cook. What should he do? But he said to himself, wait a minute. I don't know how to cook, but you know who's the best cook? The king. The king is the best cook in the whole world. So he shows up at the palace and they say, what do you have for the king's birthday? So he shows up and he starts taking out of his bag. They say, what is that? He says, it's ingredients. Ingredients? They say, well, what on earth are you bringing ingredients? Where's the dish? He says, no, you don't understand. I don't know how to cook. And he turns to the king and he says, King, I love you. I want to give you something on your birthday. I don't know how to cook, but you're the best cook. Your majesty, I brought you ingredients. Please cook yourself something beautiful. Cook yourself something delicious. And the king takes the ingredients and makes the most delectable food out of everything that was brought on his birthday. Says the Peleoyets, that's how we daven. We don't kid ourselves to say we're amazing, but we say we have an amazing king. And we say, Hashem, here's the ingredients. I'm going to say the words. I'm going to concentrate as best I can. Hashem, you make something beautiful out of that. And of course Hashem says, if you love me that much to come, and try and give me what you can, then I will turn it into something magnificent. And there's a famous story that the Bardichever, the Bardichever was standing before Rosh Hashanah, I think it was before Rosh Hashanah, and there was gloom on his face. He saw in heaven that there was a terrible decree hanging over the Jewish people and he couldn't get it to budge and it wasn't going to let the prayers of the Jews enter heaven. And he was despondent. And then they saw him all of a sudden overcome with joy and he began the services. They said to him afterwards, Rebbe, what happened? He said, we couldn't get it open. None of us. He said, but then a little shepherd boy came into the back. He said, and the shepherd boy said, Hashem, I don't know how to daven. I can't read Hebrew. I can't daven to you. He said, but he said, Hashem, this little shepherd said, Hashem, the one thing I know, the one thing I ever learned in my life was the olive base. So God Almighty, I'm going to say the olive base. You make it into a prayer. Take the letters and build yourself a beautiful prayer from me. And he started davening. Olive. Beis, Gimel, Dalet, Oyalev, Beis, Gimel, Dalet, And the Holy Badichever said it was that prayer from that shepherd that pierced the highest heavens 
and broke open that terrible decree and now the rest of our prayers can enter heaven. It was that Aleph base. It was that Jew who realized that we contribute pieces and parts. But with Hashem's help, with Hashem's assistance, and with the unity of us as a nation, those pieces equal the masterpiece that Hashem is actually looking for and gets such pride in. And therefore for every one of us, going forward, let us not forget. Let us not forget how much we miss each other. Let us not forget how much we need each other. And let us not forget how much we are together. And that we need to be together and stay united in our spiritual endeavors. Let us remember how great we are in our contribution. Our peace is the missing piece. It's the missing piece. The whole Jewish nation is waiting for our peace. The Kayin Gadol is tugging on the rope for you and me to get up and move a muscle to do our part. Let us not forget our stature. Let us not forget who is depending on us. And let us remember that we're not alone, but we have the entire Jewish people in our corner with us. And they are filling in the pieces that we are missing. And together, united, all of our mitzvahs, everything we do is greater than we comprehend. And our davening, let us daven, let us remember that our davening makes a difference. And that Hashem is waiting for our davening. And that our little pieces combine together. And that our olive base, so say olive base, if you just know the olive base, say olive base for all your worth. And that Hashem in His mercy will weave that together to be a beautiful crown for all of us. May we all merit to recognize our great part and to play our part with such joy and passion and to excitedly put our pieces in the pot to combine with the entire Jewish people so that as one nation we could truly merit to be able to say and see and witness Hashem saying I dwell with such joy among my nation, every one of them brought my presence and my holiness into the world. May, may we merit to see the day when that shines forth for all mankind.